Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Hawani, back with another edition of the Wednesday Pod. We got the reigning defending UFC middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya, coming up. We've got Jan Bochovic, the new light heavyweight champion, coming up. We've got Teddy Atlas, the living legend, coming up. But before we get to all of that, as you know, massive basketball fan over here, and I am so excited about the NBA Finals starting on Wednesday. And I am also so excited about the fact that our guy, my guy, Adrian Wojnarowski, has released not one but two podcasts already this week ahead of Game 1 tonight in Orlando. Woj spends one episode with David Fisdale, the former Knicks coach, who knows a thing or two, of course, about LeBron James from their time in Miami. And he also goes one and one with the brand new Brooklyn Nets head coach, the one and only and my fellow Canadian, Steve Nash. If you're a diehard basketball fan like myself, these are two great podcasts. You must listen to them before game one tonight. It's the Woj Pod. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, leave him a review and tell him that the nose sent you. All right, on to today's program. And as always, listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. In your life on this Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. Hello again, everyone. I hope you're doing well on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Very excited about today's show. We have three fantastic conversations with three really interesting individuals. Of course, everyone wanted to hear from Izzy after his big win over Paulo Costa. This is his first interview, and I think is only for a minute or two since that win and yes we do address the pectoral controversy that everyone has been going crazy over so we talk about that and john jones and all that stuff i am looking forward to sharing that with all of you we also talked to the new reigning defending ufc light heavyweight champion jan bohovic back in poland getting the heroes welcome talk about his beef with dc dana cormier he didn't like some of his comments on monday also john jones who could be next and a wild story he tells us about this tradition that he has um that he goes to the forest and he touches a rope it's crazy stuff trust me you want to hear this also talk to teddy atlas the one and only legendary boxing trainer espn boxing analyst all of a sudden now mma fan which is shocking to me considering you know where he was and how he felt about the sport when i first met him over three years ago we'll talk to him about that and also the uh the conor mcgregor Manny Pacquiao stuff. Speaking of Conor McGregor, he's in the news once again. Charity match with Dustin Poirier came about on Monday. I don't think there's anything there. Dana White coming out and saying that they've offered them a fight. You know, very obvious what's going on. Oh, you guys want to do a charity match? Well, here's a real UFC fight. They're both on their contract. It would be very hard. The UFC is aware of the Pacquiao fight. They are on board. It's not a done deal. I'm curious to see how that goes. I think we'd all rather see him just fight in MMA fight at what he's best at but uh, this this story continues to evolve and, and is getting uglier by the day and that's unfortunate when you consider where we were earlier this year back in january after the win over donald Taroni and and where we are now it's uh it's nothing short of unfortunate it really is so we'll talk to teddy about all that and more and of course i want to remind you you may have seen the uh the promos for all of this there's a new four-part docu-series premiering on ESPN Plus on October 2nd. That's this Friday. It's called UFC Fight Island Declassified. And it's a great look at everything that went into putting on those four events in Abu Dhabi back in July. Uh, it's produced by Rory Karp, who produced a couple of 30 for 30s, the Ric Flair one, the one um, called I Hate Christian Leitner. I was in that one. Uh, the CM Punk docu-series. Uh, he's done a bunch of stuff. He produces Looking for a Fight as well. So... It was produced by really great people, and uh, I'm told some of the footage is is really captivating. So check that out beginning October 2nd on ESPN+. Plus. All right, time now for my conversation with the reigning, defending UFC middleweight champion, the one and only, the last stylebender himself, Israel Adesanya. 
All right, let's kick things off today with the most talked about man in mixed martial arts, the man who was victorious this past Saturday at UFC 253, the man who successfully defended his middleweight title against Paulo Costa, the one and only, the last style bender himself, Israel Adesonia. They keep hating me for saying your name the right way, but I will continue to do it. Yes, out of respect. Never change, never change. I appreciate that. But yeah, let's kick things off, yeah? Okay, congratulations. The in the room. <laughs> oh, you, you want to go straight? Wait, first, let me ask you this, Izzy. Considering the buildup and considering your, your post-fight reaction and your celebration online and in the case, I'm wondering, 100 wins, right? Is this the most gratifying win of your career? Have you ever enjoyed a victory more than this? Because it seems like you're on cloud nine. Oh, that's a good question. But this one is really satisfying. I'm still, oh, I'm still coming. I'm still busting, man. I wasn't done when I thrusted him. I'm still going, bro. But yeah, like I said, I've got two weeks in quarantine in New Zealand and I got time today. Woo-hoo! I got time today. What do you say to the people as you say like, hey, you're one of the best. You're, you're, you're so good. You're undefeated, blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't celebrate like this. You should have some respect. You shouldn't do what you did in the cage. You shouldn't say what you say, the, the tweets, all that stuff, that it's, it's taking away from the victory. What do you say to those critics? When you have another guy, look, I didn't get punched once in the face. I don't know if, because there was a fight with Roy Jones where it was the only round in boxing history where the guy didn't land a single punch. I let him land two leg kicks and a few body kicks so I can trap them, but I did not get punched once in the face. Not once did I get punched in the face. I don't know if that's a new record in MMA history or whatever, but it's beautiful, especially against a guy like Paulo Costa. But when you have a guy like that who was talked so much shit leading up to the fight, who was... Um, anytime I, even when I made that, you know, joke about 9-11, you try to hop on the bandwagon and like, oh, I can't dis- disrespect and this and that. And just the bullshit they've done. And I, I told you, like, it's just cyberbullying. You know what I mean? So you have someone like that who has disrespected you so much and talked so much shit when you know what's going to happen. Bro, eat that. Eat that. Like, you need to eat that. He needs to be fed. He needs to eat that. So just shut the fuck up and take that L. All this shit about, uh, I'll fuck it. I can't do it. I'll, I'll start laughing. Hold on, stop. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? The rematch thing and the video. I focus now. I very focus, guys. <laughs> this is serious. Um, now it's the fight. Give me the revenge. Whatever the people want, I was like, fuck me. Oh, I was watching that laughing my ass off. So funny. But yeah, it's very satisfying, the victory. Especially like I told y'all must have forgot. Yes. Oh, y'all you must know- have forgot who the fuck you're fucking with. I told you guys. So I'm going to I'm gonna keep telling you. I've been waiting 10 years for someone to say that in a post-fight interview. It, I heard uh, that, but I, I, I've never heard you say that, but I, I, it's just, it's a no I said it in the interview that we did Jones. last week, I believe. Did you? Yes. Uh, well, I probably said it first. All right. Well, I've been, <laughs> that's a great line and it was very fitting. It, it was a beautiful uh, reference in that moment. Um, at the beginning of this interview, you, you referenced the elephant in the room. So since the, the victory- People have been commenting on your your right peck and uh, you are being mm-hmm. accused of steroids, gyno, all these things. Uh, when I did my show with DC, all the comments. Oh, see, whenever when I first when I first saw it, it was gymnastics I was reading because I'm less I'm, I'm dyslexic. So I'm like, what? Oh wait, gyno. And I Googled it. So that's one thing. I didn't want to speak about it until I know what it was, because it's been ha- it's been on me for like the last fuck eight weeks and it was just growing. I was like, fuck, this is quite sore. And even my girl told me to go to the doctor, but I was like, ah. I'll just get this fight over with first. But um, yeah, I don't know what it is. And I, I also, from what I've read on the Googles about guy knows the memia or whatever, it happens to both your boobs, right? So this is just one. In my head, I'm like, I hope it's not. Wouldn't it be funny if I died in like five months and then it was cancer? No. <laughs> and no. Every, it, 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 was, oh, it wouldn't be funny. I mean, right. I mean, you know, like Chad, Chadwick was, you know, a guy who rest in peace was going through a lot and everything was hush hush and then people were making fun of him for looking skinny and then when he died oh no oh he was he was such a hero and these clowns were still talking shit about him when he was you know going through what he was going through so i don't know what this is but yeah you know what ariel with the performance like i had i would think i was on fucking steroids too i would think they need something they need it couldn't be just him it couldn't be him he must be something sir yeah, for me, it's all fun and games, man. Like I said, I got two weeks. 
of quarantine. I'm going to entertain the fuck out of myself. Oh, boy. Polo ain't been thrusted yet. <laughs> I just gave him the tip. I'm about to go all in, baby. Oh, man. So as of right now, you have no idea what that is. No one is, you, you haven't gotten checked nope. out. No doctor said I anything just went, to you. I just, I literally, I just got um, blood tests done and I did like a scan, two MRI scans just now, like 20 minutes ago for my pituitary gland. And yeah, so we'll get the test back and see what it is. I've never really been one to diagnose myself with Google, with Google so I wasn't going to start now. So I've done my tests and I'll wait for the results. And then, yeah, I might keep you posted. Or I might keep letting people speculate because it's kind of fun to watch people just cry about it can i just ask does it hurt like if someone punched you there does it hurt is it is it tender yeah a little bit like right now it's a little bit tender but this one's fine but right yeah i don't know okay but i mean that's the thing they're talking about my antics taking away victory they're trying to take away from my victory with you know their speculations as well so it is what it is cry all you want bottom line is i told you fucking so in the comments down below, just, yeah. just, just know, I told you fucking so. Last thing on this topic, have you ever taken steroids? Fuck no. Fuck no. That's not something, oh, uh, come on, man. I know you believe me, but it's just, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Silly. Uh, but no, I haven't. I don't, I'm not one of those people who needs um, a crutch. You know, that when that shit's taken away, then they feel weak. They feel inadequate. They feel like, oh, my. You see, when Usada came through, a lot of people fell off. A lot of body, a lot of bodies changed, you know, and, and a lot of people didn't feel good enough without the little magic supplements. But yeah, not me. Skills, yeah. bro. Skills pays the bills. And I believe in, the, in less than two years since you made your debut in February of 2018, you've been tested 32 times by Usada. Obviously, you've, you've never failed. So. That is certainly worth nope, noting as well. Not even a little blip. You wait till Paulo pops. I can't wait. And I told you, I'm going to pop him before you saw the does. And when he pops, ooh, I'm going to gloat. I'm going to gloat. Now, when we talked before the fight, uh, I made a point not to ask you a single question about John Jones. But now the fight is over. You can ask away. Yeah. What do you make of all that he has said since the fight? The comments. So he's, he's the one saying something about like, oh, you need me. You, you keep mentioning my name. Who's the one that's been talking about who? Come on, be honest, Ariel, answer my. Who's been talking about who this whole time? He, no, he certainly talks about you a lot. Yeah, he said he was going to exactly. log off and then he, he so stuck I'm gonna around. I'm going to address him now. Hey, John, shut the fuck up forever. You dirty fucking Hancock bitch looking motherfucker. Bruh. I can't wait, man. This guy just, like I said, he needs me. He under, I've said this before. He's jealous. He saw this young black guy, this, this freshman come up and do all the things he wished he could have done and when i said that earlier on like on one of your shows people were like he's jealous of you i'm like bro you got you guys don't understand you guys don't understand uh, it's easy i've been there before so i can see it when i in other people you, you see it in other people when you've been there before so i was like oh he's jealous of me because i'm getting all the shine he wish he has i'm getting all the attention he wishes he has so yeah it's just that and same thing i told you Every fucking fight, what happens? I get better and better every fucking fight. So they were trying to get me early so they can have me on their record books. And when I do great things in the sport, oh, we already beat him. So I'm like, nah, give me time. Let me just work. I'm still working. And, you know, I'm getting better. So now you can just say I'm the best light heavyweight in the world. Uh, you saw the light heavyweight champion on, on Saturday. You think... Like you see Jan, you say, yeah, like that's what DC said to me on Monday. He thinks you're the best light heavyweight in the world. Do you think you can beat Jan right now? Oh, yeah, definitely. But like I said, uh, I can't, I, I, I've learned from my mistakes in the past, speaking out of turn without actually, I, saw, I said this about Paulo, right? I said, what did I say? I said, he's got a bunch of yes men hanging around him, a bunch of yes men. So does John Jones. He has a bunch of yes men hanging around him. I'm the boss of my team of my own empire, but I'm a part of a team. I can't just speak and expect the decisions that I've made that they'll go along with. No, I have to check with them and strategize. But yeah, we like that fight with Jan. But also Cannoneer, I'm still waiting for that. But everything's in the air right now. It just happened and everyone wants so many answers, so many questions. And I'm like, yo, let me chill, man. I'm just, yeah, let me chill. But Fair enough. yeah, I like 205. I like 205. And... I'm the best 12 fiber in the world. What can I say?
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. No elaborate walkout this time. You did dance on the way out, but not on the way in. How come? I said I'm focused on the fight and also like... When I did it in Melbourne, everyone was like, oh, this is a standard now. I'm like, with me, expect the unexpected. Mm. Always expect the unexpected. And I wasn't like, I wasn't, what's the point? Like, there was no crowd, no big shows. The one I did, it was the largest fucking crowd in UFC history. I had to show up. I had to create a moment, you know? I had to create a moment for life. And I did. So this one, I wanted that dark web vibe, that streaming deathmatch vibe. So like Jet Li and Unleashed. And I, I did that. I told you. If I had a collar, I could, if I could have found the collar, I would have had that. And then have Andre take it off me at the cage or something. But no, nah, I just felt like I wanted to be Unleashed and I did. So I didn't have to dance on the way in, but I was dancing on his grave. Ooh, I was dancing on his grave. You know, you said all the right things going into the fight about the haters and people criticizing you after the Romero fight. But honestly, now, because I believe there was it was motivation. It felt like you had a chip on your shoulder. And I think your your celebration oh. would back that up. Would would it be fair oh, to say that? <laughs> That's right. Shout no, out to Drake. Guac is extra, right? You know, guac is extra. <laughs> but guac did, did you extra. use that as motivation? So did you I'm internalize all of that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's like, what if 50 Cent say, I need you? I need you to hate so I can use it for your energy. But for me, that's not the only energy source I have. But when I get a, a bountiful amount of, of, of hate, what are you going to do with it? Use it. Use that as energy. And people people like, what's his name? Oh, Akimoto, Hashimoto, whatever, would say, oh, I don't really think the fans turned against him. I was like, what? Are you, you're not paying attention. You, you saw it. I felt it. I mean, I, I sensed the, the, the people were kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, like I said, you almost forgot, and I knew it. So I, I did have chips and dips on my shoulder. Um, the 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 last time you fought, it was in the T-Mobile Arena with tons of fans. This time, no fans. And you said in yeah. the post-fight interview, you actually enjoyed it. it more, which is rare to hear. Why did you like that more? Mm-hmm. Uh, bro, <laughs> what did I say? Oh, at one point, I can hear all the bullshit was saying, come on, Izzy, come on. And I was like, yeah, I'm here. Yalla, Habibi, yalla, yalla, yalla. <laughs> And at one point, he threw a kick. I think his second body kick. And I was like, slow. Bah. And I jabbed him. I went, he kicked me. And I was like, ooh, slow. Bah. Slow. Like, he was slow. And I like the fact that all those kicks, like Paul Felder said, at the, at the ringside, cage side, you could really, you can't just hear it. You can feel it. You can feel it. My skinny shins, when I cut him in the, in the, in the thigh, hit him on the perineal nerve. I hit him in the calf. My skinny shins were just slicing them, and you can really feel it. So, yeah, I like the quiet because that way it's more intimate. It's mano y mano. All this stuff, like you were doing these things, and we've talked about like how you're so in tune with fight jargon and whatnot. But like you running around the cage and and the stuff with the belt, and like I even saw on your Instagram on Tuesday, like you're going back to the Valid interview that I did last week. But but you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you remember all this stuff? How do you remember? It's like you have a list of all these things, but I don't think you're writing it down. And then afterwards, you're just like unleashing it on everyone. And and you almost have to pay. It's like these little like hidden secrets in a DVD that you have to like follow gems, along. Gems. Yeah, the gems. I like, I, I, I cater to my crowd and people like you who, who are fans of mine, they'll they'll remember like, oh, yeah, you did say that. Da, 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 da. But for me, it's... Uh, an elephant never forgets, and neither do I. And people will forget what you say or what you do, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So that feeling, I'm like, ooh, I bet. Like, all right, cool, bet. I just store that. Like, that'll keep, save that for later. And like I said, I got two weeks in quarantine. Boy, you ain't seen me yet. People don't understand when I, when I used to fuck the, the internet up on Valentine's Day before I really blew up. And I would like, at one point I posted like fucking 80 memes in one day and people were just like, bro, please, enough. And they were funny. You know what I mean? Bro, I got two weeks. I got time today. 
Good. I can't be as crazy as I used to be, but trust me. Oh, I'm going to push the fucking envelope. Uh, in that video that Paulo posted on Monday, uh, he said something happened before the fight, but I don't want to make excuses. What happened? Tell us. That's I don't know. That's excuse. That's yeah. excuse already. That's Do you know what he's talking about? Nope. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. What happened was he got his ass whooped. That's what happened. Okay. Uh, you didn't hear about any sort of incident or anything like that? Nope. There's no incident. There's nothing. If he had won, he would have said, I felt the greatest ever. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck off, Shane. Sorry about that. No. Shane just called me. I know you have to go soon, but hey, speaking of Shane, maybe he's oh, calling God. you again. <laughs> it's all good. It's all oh, good. Hold on two seconds. He doesn't, he can't take the fucking hint sometimes. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, speaking of Shane, I loved what you had to say in the post fight. And, you know, a lot of people, can, can we clear something up right here now? Because I was getting a lot of heat for it. I said, a lot of people said that you were just talking about Ludovic Klein, but because you said 90 minutes, and I know you're friends with Hakeem. You were also talking about Zubaira Tahugov, correct? Because I got a lot of yep, a lot of trolls 100%. coming away saying you weren't talking about Zubair. Can you clear this up? Were you talking about him showing up 90 minutes? I was talking about Zubair and I was talking about the other guy. So Ariel was right. All you trolls can fuck off. Thank you. Uh, I mean, and that's an amazing thing to see you do that in the cage seconds after you won that you're thinking about that. You know what I mean? What was it like being in the locker room and you see Shane lose like that? You see... Kai Lu. Did it mess you up? Did it bother you? Like in, in, in future? I've been in those situations before. I've been in those situations before, like where, you know, one of my teammates lost and I have to go fight. You can't take that personally. One thing that honestly therapy really helps with is you can't take things personally. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. And I am is, but yeah, you can't take things personally. You just, it is, it just is. So when that happened, I was like, fuck, that sucks. Cool. All right. But if you take it personally, oh, is that going to happen to me? Da, 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 da. You can let that get. People have left. I've seen that happen to people. They let that get to them, and then you know they don't show 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 up. But I don't take it personally. Like same thing with all these fucking people talking about me. I want people think I'm I am petty, and I am you know an emotional guy, and I do internalize a lot of things. I'm I'm, I'm a bit of an empath, if you will, but. I don't take it personally anymore. I just, it's just a lot of projection of their own pain that they're projecting upon me. So I just don't take it personally. People, oh, guy, no, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't even know what it is. And neither do I. <laughs> and what else would they say? Uh, a hype job. Oh, cool. I don't know. Like, it's just people's pain. People, like, if you really have to create an Instagram account to talk shit to me or YouTube to talk shit to me, that just shows you what your life is at. Because no one who's winning in life is fucking sitting there talking about other people who's winning. Uh, you also said that your father was the reason why you cut your hair. You shaved uh, your your pink hair off because you told us you had a reason beforehand. You wouldn't tell us until afterwards. Dadasanya, I love the way you uh, you refer to him as Dadasanya. Is it possible that your your old man was telling you that to get you to cut your hair, but in reality he just didn't like the haircut and he was using his you know his fatherly tricks to get you to cut it, even though or nope. or. Nah, that's me legit. and my dad are cool. Me and my dad understand. <laughs> that's legit. Yeah. Cause I mean, you can, I, I, I would have blinded him if that fight went on longer. I would have blinded him in his left and his right eye with them jabs. I, I would have broke his nose. And when his eyes close and the other one gets compromised, and seeing a pink hue would definitely let him know where I am. And yeah, even without, without him being blind, he still couldn't see me. Like John Cena. Uh, two last quick things, cause I know you have to go. Uh, John Anik tweeted, I think on Sunday that you gave your first class seat up to one of your teammates oh, yeah. and you went to sit yeah. in the back. Is that true? And if so, mm -hmm. why'd you do that? Well, uh, well, one of my coaches, he's had back surgery before this back to back. He had to go back, I think like two or three back surgeries and he's feeling better now. And Heather, shout out to Heather from the PI, because she helped him a lot in that trip with his um, rehab and stuff. And yeah, I mean, fuck, what are you going to do? Let him sit and be uncomfortable for a 17-hour flight? Fuck no. I can teleport. I'm used to traveling crazy. I've been around the world. It's not my first rodeo, so yeah. Uh, someone said something about it. I was doing it for the cameras. I was like, what cameras? Like, yeah. I'm not, uh, I didn't tell Danik to tell anyone. Uh, what no one was supposed to know. It's just best form of giving is anonymous to anonymous, and you should stick to that rule too. Congratulations on the Puma deal. Uh, they, they announced Neymar, then they announced you. How big, and that, that ad was great. What does that mean to you to be associated with a brand like that? The first ever MMA fighter 
to sign with Puma. And the reaction from your peers was really cool to see as well. It's history, man. Uh, it's history. And the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm where I need to be. I'm where exactly where I knew I was going to be. So that last fight was supposed to be, talk about the Romero fight, that was going to be my big, like, kaboom again. And it didn't happen. And I said, okay, that's the valley I needed in my story. And I said, this is going to be the one that I go, boom. Yeah, bro, I'm about to blow. That's why I came out to Drizzy. Watch out for me. I'm about to glow. Also, because I had a different meaning with that song with my cat. But, um, oh. yeah, because I wanted to glow up. So, this time, I'm about to glow. Oh, I love it. That is great. And shout out to uh, Champagne Poppy, who I know is a big fan as well. My guy, you know, from Canada, fellow fellow Jew, Drake. Your guy. Your yeah, twin? Aubrey. I thought you guys were cousins. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, one last. Perfect world, when do you return and against who? Nah. Uh... Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I got to talk to the big dog. March, and April. We'll, we'll strategize. What? Don't June. Be silly. I'm fresh. I want to fight. Okay, I want to fight fast. What? Are you serious? Oh, I thought Are that was too. Oh, oh, no. February, February, January. This year, I want to fight. This year, you want to fight in 2020? Yeah, I want to. We'll like we'll talk. Like we, we we talked a little bit last night. But we'll talk some more, and I can't say anything yet. But we've got some plans. I want to. I want to fight again this year. I'm not. I ain't fucking around, Ariel. I'm oh. not fucking around. I was. Yeah. So I'm fresh, bro. Against, My foot only hurts from kicking his ass. Against the Cannoneer Whitaker guy, winner. We'll see. We'll see how they do. So you have information. In right I feel now. like you have information, and you're not telling it to me right now. I can't tell you yet. That's why. Okay, well, so you've confirmed you have the information. But not Fair enough. Well, that would be something if we see you again this year. That would be three fights in 2020 uh, amidst a crazy year in the sport. Uh, it would be cool to see you again. All right, I'll let you go. Likewise. Izzy, thank you so much. Honor as always. Congratulations. And way to remind them. Y'all must have forgot. Way to remind them. Forgot. Come on now. Always. Another thank you, one. Izzy. Tits out for the boys. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. And now let us say hello to the brand new UFC light heavyweight champion. We went from Shogun Hua to John Jones to Daniel Cormier. And now it is the pride of Poland himself, Jan Bochowicz, who is the brand new 205-pound king of the UFC. Wow, what a performance on Saturday against Dominic Reyes. And he is kind enough to join us now on the program. Jan, how are you, my friend? Congratulations. Thank you. I'm great. <laughs> I feel better than ever, you know, <laughs> right now. Uh, would it be fair to say, Jan, this is the happiest moment of your life? Sport life, yes. The happiest uh, days in my life, yeah. This is something what I, you know, dream all my life, work for some for this all my life, and finally on the top, you know. Amazing feeling. And, and when you say dream... I everybody to feeling something like this, what I feel right now. Yeah, I bet. And, and when you say dream... Uh, I'm sure you've thought of this moment, what it would feel like to get that belt, to be champion, to get that respect... Is it possible that it actually feels better than you dreamed of? Yes. <laughs> uh, it tastes, you know, much better, you know. In the dreams, what also was really good, but now I don't have words to, to say it, you know, how I feel right now. It's amazing. You need to feel by yourself to, to, to know how I feel right now. <laughs> it's hard to explain. Yeah, I bet. Th that really moment... Good. The moment when the fight was over and Dana put the belt around your waist, can you put that into words? No, you know, in that moment, I cannot believe what's happening. You know, I think that is uh, not real. Uh, now, I just, you know, then I start thinking, you know, believe what's happening now. And uh, when he put the belt, that was really great feeling, but I, I feel like uh, in different place, you know, my mind was completely in space or somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I saw the video of you coming home um, and the reception that you got in Poland, all those fans, all that media. Were you expecting that? Did you know that that many people would be there for you? Uh, yeah, because uh, 
first of all, we, we fly from Abu Dhabi to Frankfurt, and in Frankfurt, uh, uh, I don't know, someone from uh, airport called to us and said that, wait, because a lot of people waiting for you, so we have to go to different place. So I knew that a lot of people going to be there, but I don't expect that so many people going to be there and they're going to be, you know, screaming so loud and going to be a lot of media over there also. So I knew that people going to be there, but not so many, you know. Oh, you know, of that experience, I can imagine what, what like, well, that's something every athlete dreams of to come home and to be showered with that kind of love to get a hero's welcome. What was the best part of that experience? Was there someone, an old friend there, a family member, someone who said something to you? I'm sure you knew a lot of the people there. What was the best part of that whole experience at the airport? Everything was, you know, people, I don't know, I see them first time, you know, people from uh, the, the, Far away, you know, from the different part of Poland, they come especially for me. They wake up in the, you know, four in the morning. They come in the car six, seven hours to, you know, to have a photo with me and say thank you for what you do for for the people in Poland. Uh, also, family was there, so it was unbelievable. You know, amazing, amazing what happened over there uh, in the airport. And now, right now, you know, when I just I speak from my neighborhood, they, they knock knock my door and they for, you know, photo or autograph. <laughs> it's uh, uh, amazing. Do, do you feel like life is about to change for you? Can you already sense that? I've, right now, I just, you know, have feeling that a uh, lot of people just recognize me, more people than ever, never, than ever. Uh, you know, that I'm like a, like, like a hero right now in Poland. And it's, I like it. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Um, and, and, you know, uh, there was a video also on Saturday, which I know you were asked about at the press conference, but maybe you've seen since of Joanne on Jacek in the TV studio, how happy she was for you. Have you, have you seen that video yet? Like to see your peers? Yeah, I, I saw the, the video. I, I talked to her today, a couple hours ago. Uh, so she's really proud and happy. Uh, like I was when she was a, a, a champion, you know, so uh, now she's feeling, uh, that's what I feel when, when she becomes a world champion. I love so to see it. Also amazing, you know. Now, Jan, I have to ask you, on, uh, on Tuesday morning I woke up and uh, you had some harsh words from my co-host, Daniel Cormier. But then you guys seem to make up, what's going on he here with this. you in D.C.? He started this everything a long time ago, but I think that uh, half hour ago we finished this, this, this war, you know. I also, I also, I always have a lot of respect to him because he do you know amazing. He has amazing uh, career in MMA, but he started this this, this thing. Uh, but now I think it's it's over. I hope so. It's over. When did he start it? I think that everything was started after my fight against Alexander Gustafsson. You know. Wow! What happened? I didn't know about this. I I think so. That was started. Then, because I think that uh, I lost against Alexander Gustafsson, but that was pretty good fight, you know. Yeah. Uh, Alex started uh, talk to something to uh, to DC, and he started do you know talk to, to Alexander that he have problem with fighter like me, you know, that I'm sag and stuff like this, you know. And I think that was the beginning, but maybe I also don't remember exactly. But for sure, he started first. <laughs> You know, on my on my show, he said that he picked you to win the fight. He said that he bet on you. Uh, but uh, he bet on me. No, he don't believe that I won. That yeah, I he's wanna... he said he picked you. Although he also said that he thinks Izzy's the best light heavyweight. Maybe that's the uh, the comment that bothered you. But he said that he predicted that you would beat Dominic Reyes and even bet on you. Yeah. So so maybe I have wrong information. No. Well, he did say that Izzy is the best light heavyweight. So maybe that's a little, you know. <laughs> maybe that was, you know, uh, misunderstood me, something like this. Sure. But now it's all okay with you guys. I wanted to make a peace between you two. No, you know that I'm a peaceful guy, you know? Yes. Outside the octagon. Inside, no. <laughs> but outside, I'm a peaceful guy, you know? <laughs> Have you watched the fight again? Have you watched the Reyes uh, fight? Not yet. Full fight, not yet. Just the best moment. You yeah. Know? Uh, day after tomorrow, I'll go to the gym. And I will watch together with coaches and we start, you know, analyze a little bit uh, the, the fight. When did you guys realize that the body shots would be open like that? I mean, that was an amazing part of your game plan, the kicks to the body. When did you come up with that? 
no? Uh, I always like to kick on the body. My left uh, kick is, even when I don't have this uh, kick in my game plan, I always use it because this is something uh, what I have all my life, you know? Uh, God give me the left leg, you know, really good kicks from the left leg. So uh, I always use it and I see the first kick when I kick him, I see that he feel it and he a little bit slowing down. So I knew that I need to just, you know, I have to use it a little bit more. Did he seriously hurt you at any point in the fight? Mm, I feel a couple of his punches, but not so, you know, not so hard, not so serious, you know. But I feel a little bit his kicks, uh, but nothing, uh, nothing special. When you were thinking of the fight, imagining it, game planning, were you expecting it to go longer? I mean, I'm not going to suggest that it was an easy fight for you because obviously he's a great fighter, but, you know, that was pretty dominant um, and, and, and fairly one-sided. Were you expecting that or were you expecting a completely different fight? No, I feel great. I feel great. My acclimatization, everything was perfect, you know, in, in Abu Dhabi. So in the day of the fight, on, in, when I was in my locker room, when I started my warm-up, I just knew that's going to be my night, you know. Uh, and like, I, I don't remember, did I tell you before the fight that I see in my dreams when I do my visualiz visualization that I see that I knock him out in third or second round. Mm. So I just knew that that's going to be my night, you know, and just do my job, you know. Everything what we prepare for him in the gym, our strategy, uh, just work really good, you know. Uh, on the paper, we know him everything. And in the real fight also, that was a you know, good job. Uh, my coaches are really great. Uh, they do a great job. Uh, and I just, you know, do, do my best in the, the fight, what they told me, what we trained together in the gym with my sparring partners. And he was completely this fighter, what we expect. Do you usually have dreams that are that accurate? Like, is that a common thing for you? Uh, maybe, maybe I uh, use the uh, wrong word. Not dreams, but when I do visualization. You sure, know? sure. Do you usually visualize the finish that, I mean, to, to suggest that you had a... a, a when I do visualization, I always, you know, uh, try to see the, the best finish I, what I can, you know, to see. So the knockout is always the best, you know. Mm. Uh, and uh, this is what I see, uh, left hand or, the, or right hand. But also when I do my visual, visualization training, I see, I uh, do training like this, that, okay, he hit me hard and I had to, you know, uh, focus a little bit more how I survive because this is also important, you know, because mm -hmm. fight not, not always uh, goes really good, you know. So you need to do this training also when something goes bad, you know, because visualization, visualization training is uh, works really good when you do a lot of scenario, you know, in, yeah. in, in this. Because then, okay, I was in this place before, now I know what I have to do. He kicked me on the body, okay. I need to escape from the left side, on the right side. He hit me, you know, left or right hand. I need to block this hand, this hand. I have to move on, on this side, you know. This, this, this is what you have to do in, uh, when you do the mentality training. You know? Not only good things. On, on, also, you have to uh, see in your head the, the bad things. But right. finish the bad things in a good way, you know. Uh, we talked about the, the time difference and how you would acclimate to it. Obviously, it didn't affect you. Were, you. were you sleeping? Like, did you change your whole sleep schedule? And did you feel at all tired? Were you worried about that and surprised that it didn't affect you? How did that go in Abu Dhabi? Because you were fighting in the middle of the night or early in the morning. You know, the, I have to just go sleep a little bit earlier and wake up a little bit earlier. So uh, I started doing this in London and I feel great, you know. But day before fight, I cannot sleep, you know, because I start feeling emotion. Mm. I just sleep, I don't know, maybe three hours before fight. But anyway, it was, uh, you know, I feel energy. I feel power. Everything was, was really good. The acclimatization uh, was really nice, really good. That's what we do, that we wake up early, do the do, do training in the fight time. Works perfect. So in the midst of the fight and even afterwards, John Jones tweeting so much. And, and first he says, oh, what do you guys think of me going down to get the belt? Then he says, congratulations to Jan. He's very respectful towards you. But what did you make of all his tweets? It was, it was a little bit like it looked like he was going to come down and fight you. Then he was like, no, 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 I'm not coming down. What did you make of everything that he was saying on the, on the night? I answered to him on Twitter that he, he have to go be boring to somewhere else, you know, because... He's boring in this, what he talking, you know, in, in the internet, you know. If you want to fight against me, okay, let's go, let's do this. If not, 
let's he focus about the heavyweight and uh, stop talking about the, you know two or five. You think he's just playing games to get attention? I think so, something like this, you know. But I think no, seriously, I think nobody knows what's uh, happening in his head right now. <laughs> I think he's a little bit, you know, confused. I don't know, crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Is it annoying for you? Uh, it's boring. Boring. Not, not uh, annoying. Maybe one month ago was annoying. Uh, but right now it's boring. Mm. So immediately after the fight, you were talking about him. Now that you feel this way, are you moving on? Like, are you not going to think about him and just focus on who's actually fighting at 205? Like I tell you, if he, if he wants to fight against me, I can do this. If don't, no problem. There is a lot of uh, good guys in 205. Uh, a lot of really good fighters, young fighters. Uh, also, uh, Adesanya, yeah, he said something like this, that he would like to go to 205. Maybe him, we'll see. What do you have to prepare for me? In your heart, who do you think will end up being next? Do you think it will be uh, the winner of Santos Teixeira? Do you think it will end up being John Jones? Do you think it will be Izzy? Who do you actually think ends up being your next opponent? I think that the winner against Teixeira and Santos. Mm. Are you hoping it's Thiago Santos because he's the last guy to beat you? It's going to be him. We are friends. But anyway, I would like to take a rematch against him. So maybe we will see. How close are you? When you, when you say you're friends, like what, what does that mean? Mm, you know, after our fight, uh, we fight in Vegas together. He fight against John Jose. I, will, I fight against uh, Rojo. And we train together, you know, two weeks in Vegas. And after, when I fight against Jacare in, uh, in Sao Paulo, so I go to, to, to Rio and train in his gym. Uh, also, I do my... No, the rest of uh, the, the finish of my preparation over there. So, uh, you know, I friends of uh, with his coach, with his team, with him. Uh, but anyway, when fight, this is the fight. So I forget about the friends and inside the octagon, I'm be the bad guy. You know, <laughs> but after the fight, peace. <laughs> so that won't be weird for you if you end up fighting him. No, you know, a long time ago, I fight against my friend from my gym when I trained. We trained together to, to, uh, because that was the. Uh, Tournament, uh, mm. three fights in one night, you know, and we was in the same tournament and he won his first fight. Me, I won my first fight and the second fight we fight together, you know, and also, you know, that was not a problem for me and for him also. So, so. Fight is a fight, you know, this is job. But after, normal, party, beer. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. That fight against Santos was less than two years ago. If I would have told you that night, in less than two years, you'd be the champion. Would you have believed me? Yes, I always believed that I'm going to be the champion. I just have to wait for my time. And now it's come. It's a, it's, a, it's a really amazing story, especially at 37. You know, a lot of people have said 2020 uh, has been a year to forget. For you, it's turning out to be one of the greatest years of your life, right? The win over Corey Anderson in the main event. Then this win, you're about to become a father as well. It's amazing. The whole world is saying 2020 has been horrible. But for Jan Bochovic, it's me. been an incredible year, right? For me, it's... I think so. That's gonna be the best year in my life, you know. <laughs> I am the 205 champion of the world. Soon I'm gonna be a father. I finish my home in, on, in the village, you know. <laughs> so it's, for me, it's amazing year. But I know that for the rest of the world, it sucks. So, but for me, really good, really great. But I hope so that uh, that, that everything would happen right in the world gonna be finished soon. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Do you feel like the community, the MMA community, do you feel like they respect you as champion or do you feel like you'll have to defend the title a couple of times to really gain that respect like the, the legends that I talked about earlier? I think I've got some respect, but I would, would like to defend the belt also for myself, you know, not only for, uh, for the fans, for, the, for, for people, you know, but also for me. Is there a dream fight as champion? What's your dream fight? My dream fight? As champion. <laughs> 
you know, John Jones will be the best, you know, because I would like to be the, the first guy who beat him, you know, and knock him out. That will be the, the great, you know, but we will see. Maybe, maybe. Could you imagine, how many people do you think it would draw a, a John Jones, Jan Bochowicz fight in Poland? How many people do you think you can get to that? I think, uh, you know, we've got the, on, we can do this on National Stadium. It's like something like 60,000 people can be there. And wow. I think so. And I believe that it will be full. If wow. We, if UFC will be to this important. Wow. That's amazing. And, and the media attention there since you've gone home, is everyone talking about you? Is it a huge deal? It's really huge. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, today it is the last day today when I have, you know, a little bit, you know, when I can, this day for me only. This is mm -hmm. one interview with you right now. Thank you. But tomorrow, tomorrow I go to uh, Prime Minister. Wow. Yeah, he invites me, so I drink coffee with him. <laughs> wow. The Prime Minister of Poland? So after the fight, uh, our president, you know, says congratulations, Jan. He so called you? He don't call to me, but uh, he, on internet, he posted. That he wow. Said, that he said congratulations for, for me and for our team. And, you know, everybody was, you know, right now want to have interview with me, whole TV, whole media. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to, you know, survive this. Oh, my but gosh. But it's part of the job, so I, uh, I have to do this for, yeah. for all people. Your wife now has a tough job because she's going to have to start uh, scheduling all this stuff. She said this today that she would like to, uh, that her phone will be broke, broke and you don't have to you know answer about everything but this is also part of her job you know so sure but she, she she survived it also <laughs> wow so you're going to have coffee with the the prime minister have you ever met him before no first time what an honor we will see tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing by the way uh speaking of poland before i let you go can i ask you because this came up um in the build-up to the fight this tradition that you have with the with the noose and everything, could you tell me about this in the woods? This very oh, unique the hanging, the hanging. Yes, right? yes. What is this? Yeah, this is uh, um, two years ago. I don't remember when, but I found you know hangman person in the forest when I was with the dog in yes. for the walk, you know, in forest. And I found this guy, so I have to call for the police, you know, because dead people in the wood that man hanging on the tree <laughs> it's weird uh, yeah but then, so i called up the police uh, i have to talk, talk with policemen uh, how i find him that i see somebody over there maybe someone helped him you know uh, they have to do uh, his job you know and after everything he asked me i have to take the piece of the rope with me and i say what are you talking about you know <laughs> for what and he said, for the luck, when you find that, that uh, hanging man, we need to take the rope because bring you law. And he said that he got always with him his first, when he go to the first uh, case like this, he take it, you know. I said, this is weird, but also interesting. So I check it on the internet and uh, long time ago, people believe that uh, when you find the hangman person, the, the, the rope bring you up, you know? Wow. So I, I don't take it, the rope to my home, but all, uh, in the place when, he, when I find him, this, this, all the time that the rope is on the tree, you know? So before uh, all five, I go there and touch it for the log. <laughs> wow. And it and bring me the log, you know? When I start doing this, I, like I, I say that it's 95% uh, of... Uh, when I started, I lost only against uh, Thiago Santos, you know. So for the nine fights, only one time it was uh, uh, wow. doesn't, doesn't work. <laughs> that's, that's how long. So this was, uh, since that moment, you have only lost once. And it's still hanging there? Yeah. Wow. How far is that from where you live? Two kilometers, something like this. What was it like seeing a person like hanging from a tree? That was weird, you know. Scary, right? That was scary, weird. 
But I think so. You do, you you cannot you know afraid dead people. You need to afraid the, the living people. They can do something wrong to you. Dead people not gonna hurt you. But anyway, that was you know uh, weird. You know, yeah, weird and. Uh, you just feel, you know, because that was the first time when I see uh, uh, that man, you know, so. Of course. <laughs> Scary it was, a, it was a male. Uh, man, man. Man, yeah, yeah. Old man, young man? Old, old man. Something like 50 years, something like this. Ah, that's horrible. And, and. You know what was when I talk with police, they tell me that was Friday. Yeah. And they meet that in this uh, week, the third man one they found on the, you know, like this. Wow. That was weird uh, week for them you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. and uh is that like a polish custom or is that a custom like the the good luck thing is that a, a polish thing i never heard that before i don't know i think uh, maybe you need to check all in the you know on the yeah, usa yeah. side but maybe this is only in, in europe not only in poland but in europe sure know? i can do a photo tomorrow and send you if you want i put Please. it on instagram i will put it tomorrow Please, I'll yeah. The, and i do the photo and then my, you know, uh, uh, lucky rope still hanging there. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But, uh, but it will work, you know. If what's someday that? I will move from this place when I really live right now, yeah. so then I will take it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You, you feel okay with that in your house? I will, uh, my fiance will say that I will keep it in the garage. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, wow. What a story that blows my mind. Uh, the last thing for you, Jan, when in a perfect, I know you're going to have the baby in December, right? Yes. So in a perfect world for you, when would you like to March. return? March. For me, it would be the perfect, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, for now, and by the way, where's the belt? Where's the belt? Uh, I have to hide it because my dog wants to, you know, face it. Okay. Uh, and I have to prepare. I've got place for him, but I need to, you know, prepare a little bit. Okay. I've got, you know, I don't watch TV too much. So I'm going to put it under the TV. And when I'm going to, you know, rest on my couch, I'm going to watch it. The band, not TV. Amazing. <laughs> it's heavy, right? It is. But I can, you know, hold it to the, you know, end of my career. Sure. It must have been fun going in the airport with it. The long flight, you have it with you. The airport was, you know, the plane was nice because everybody asked me, what is that? And I said, yeah, you have to, but oh, come on. Can, can we do a photo, you know? <laughs> The, the you know everybody asks me what is that and when i tell them oh you are a fighter come on let's do a photo <laughs> incredible what a story yeah. uh, enjoy it jan you deserve it my friend congratulations on an amazing performance and uh, i'm glad to hear you and dc are friends now no problem and uh, i look forward I to so, yes i will i will i will keep him in line okay i'm not going to let him disrespect you don't worry i got okay, the guns over here um and uh if i don't speak to you good luck with the baby later on this year uh, very happy for you and your family. What a year for you, Jan. Thank you. Thank you. Teddy, I have to say, uh, the first time I ever interviewed you and met you was in 2017. It was the, uh, the Mayweather-McGregor fight week. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when I spoke to you that day, I felt like you weren't the biggest MMA fan. Uh, maybe you didn't quite gravitate towards it yet. You didn't have uh, knowledge of it, respect for the fighters. I don't know, but I got that impression from you. Fast forward three plus years, and especially in the midst of this pandemic, and especially watching your, your podcast that I referenced, The Fight, I feel like you're a huge UFC fan now. You're breaking down fights. Your knowledge of the sport has grown exponentially. What has happened here? Where did this love for MMA come from? Because each and every week, I'm seeing you talk more and more about the sport. Well, I've had some of the MMA fighters on my show, like Dustin Poirier and Francis and Nagamu. Um, and and um, and Masvidal uh, and a couple others. So I got to see them as people, uh, as good human beings, as good people, as tough son of a guns, um, you know, as gladiators, as warriors, but as human beings. And um, I just I just have I have a lot of respect for them. I have respect for anybody who can go into combat whether it's especially our armed service men and women and people that can do something like this, that can go into an octagon or into a ring and face what most people will never face in their lifetime themselves. Uh, all the fears, inhibitions, you know, doubts, um, things that may have been uh, shadows of their life that may have 
tormented them since they were kids, things that uh, they had to overcome, that they're still overcoming. Um, and, and for a person to climb up those steps and get in that ring and face another human being, uh, you know, and all the things that come with that, that, that's a special person. That's a person that, you know, has a special kind of not only courage, but mission to find out how far can I go? How great can I be? What more can I face? And um, not many people challenge themselves to that extent. And I just, again, a lot of respect understanding their world. You know, it's the same world as mine. Uh, you, you're getting in a ring and you're doing combat. And um, you have to deal with the things that I just touched. So I, I also, I got to be honest. Um, I was negative towards their striking abilities, that it was, that it was primitive compared to boxes and elite boxes, that it was primitive. But what I didn't take into account was all of the other mixed martial arts, you know, abilities that had to be put together while they were striking and that they had to be aware of. Oh, my God. And, and I, for some reason, I have no excuse. I didn't really... I didn't take proper proper account or accounting of that. That yeah, their their striking skills might not be quite up to the level of the top fighters, but they also have the responsibilities of having to worry about a damn freaking foot coming to their head, and and they and grappling and jujitsu and and everything else, and to handle all those forms of fighting. And all those responsibilities, all those dangers, let's be honest, let's call it the way it is, to handle all of those things within their sphere. Oh, wow. I said, you know what, Teddy, wake up. <laughs> wake, wake up a little bit and, and give them a little bit. I don't want to use the word pass because none of these people look for anything pass. It's insulting to use that word. But give them understanding that those other responsibilities are there. Those those other chores are there to be handling. I mean, you know, this is not a guy flying a, a, a you know, a propeller airplane where you just have, a, in the old days, just a steel wheel and one button to push. They got a lot of buttons to push. <laughs> they got, they, they're in a spaceship, <laughs> you know, and I just, I just realized that, hey, when I got more involved in it, I have enough intelligence in the fight world to have understood what I was now understanding and what I now had more information to understand. And, um, and they're gentlemen. They're gentlemen. They're good people. So how can you not, I don't know, if you're a fight guy, how can you not embrace that? This is incredible stuff. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, Teddy, and I had so much more to ask you. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, can I ask you a one-word answer? Just a, It'll be a placeholder for the next time we talk because we have to talk again soon. One-word answer, okay? Conor McGregor, Manny Pacquiao in a boxing match. Does Conor stand a chance to beat Manny Pacquiao? Yes or no? Pacquiao's 43 years old. Yes, maybe. Yeah, you never, you never know when a guy's going to get real old. You never know. The only thing that's going against him is, unlike Mayweather, who's more of a counterpuncher, until he realized he had to come forward, you know, Pacquiao will come forward right. right from the beginning. That's a little bit of a difference. But, yeah, and um, when you're as good a promoter as McGregor is, give him a chance anyway. I could listen to Teddy Atlas talk about fighting all day long. What an amazing mind. And so great to see him love the sport once again. That was just a taste of my conversation with him. If you want the whole thing, go to the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash ESPN MMA. Uh, the conversation is up there right now. He is incredible. Uh, I mean, I asked four questions in a 35-minute conversation, and uh, I wanted to ask him a lot more. We'll get to that in the future, but uh, that was a really fun time with uh, with Teddy. 
a guy that I met three and a half years ago, like I said, and uh, when I first met him, he did not care for MMA at all. And now look at him. He's breaking down Izzy versus Costa. Pretty incredible stuff. Another great uh, striking match coming up this Saturday in Abu Dhabi, Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. That is on ESPN+. Plus. The action kicks off at 7.30. Those are the prelims. Then main card on ESPN and ESPN+, Plus at 10.30. Home Aldana is a great fight. Aldana, to me, is one win away from fighting for the belt. If she beats Holly Holm, she should fight Amanda Nunes next. Of course, Nunes is fighting Megan Anderson in December for the 145-pound title, but she's got to defend that 135-pound title. And if Aldana wins, I think she should be next. If Home wins, it gets a little screwy. We've also got uh, Juliana Pena and Jermaine Durandamy on the card, so it's a bit of a showcase for the 135ers. And we also have the return of the natural-born killer himself, the great Carlos Condit. Always a treat to watch him fight against court mcgee so that's all this saturday and it's on espn plus again ufc fight island declassified that's on october 2nd the night before you can watch that and then saturday you can watch home aldana there's a ton else going on there's bellator on saturday as well on thursday and saturday there's bellator um so there's just a lot of mma going on right now so watch it all and i'll be back next week to talk about it all for now thank you very much thank you izzy thank you jan Thank you, Teddy. Thanks to all of you. Thank you, TST. Continue to rate, download, subscribe, and review all that stuff and more. Much love. I'm out of here.